Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty, soon to be joined here by my brother Brian, who is on the road today. So may get a little perspective about what growing conditions look like this year from him. We're going to talk about root pits and root digs, how important they are, how easy they are to do, and really how much they cost to do, too. That's one of the issues Brian and I had to deal with on our own farm with her dad back 25 or 30 years ago now when we dug our first massive root pit out there. And then uh, I got a little root pit story to tell you from our travels to the Ukraine as well. That was quite an interesting deal. So I guess we'll we'll give Brian a shot here. I know he's not in the best cell phone reception area, so it's possible he could be breaking up a little bit, and it's possible that I could just hit mute as well. So you just never know what might happen here. All right, Brian, we're going to give you a shot here and see uh, how, how itchy my trigger finger is on the mute button with you. Okay, you, that, that sounds generous. Anyway, <laughs> I, I would just say when we're, you brought up root pits, and to me, I just think for a lot of us as farmers, we are visual learners. And when we can see what's happening in our soil with plant roots, compaction, you know, just whatever else is going on in that soil, it's eye-opening in a lot of cases. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. And, you know, I think this is one of those opportune years. And I think back when we dug our first root pit, it was a dry year like this. And I don't remember exactly which year. You don't remember which year it was, do you, Brad? It had to be 25, 30 years ago. Uh, I would say between 20 and 25 years ago. Yeah, probably 25. And anyway, we dug a root pit in a field that was moisture stressed and seeing leaves rolling up on top of the ground, you're like, oh my goodness, there's just no moisture down there. We're going to dig into a bunch of powder underneath it. And that's totally not what we found. What we found was a compaction layer that was maybe down eight inches, maybe a little more deeper in the soil. And underneath that, there was moisture. And that's why I say this is an opportune year to do a little bit of digging because what we found is, you know, if our root system could have gotten a little bit deeper in that part of the field, if we hadn't have created that compaction layer, our crop would look a whole lot different above ground. And and one of the things that we learned from this is we went out the day after we dug this root pit and the root pits got a bunch of water down in the bottom. We're like, what? Where did this water come from? Did it rain last night or something? No, it was the water that was down there just being held down by our compacted layer in the soil. And it's something, I, I don't know if you're going to see that in your, your farm this year, if you're moisture stressed, maybe you're just bone dry all the way down, But and, and there's no compaction. But in many cases, there's going to be some compaction out there. And if there is, it's something that we could do and allow our crop to better tolerate conditions like we've had this year. Okay, I got two things to add to that. One is this is why we like deep placement of fertilizer also, because it's great if you have water for your crop, but it's even better when you also have nutrients. To just have water is simply not enough. So we would encourage you try to get some nutrients down deep in the ground. It doesn't have to be 20 inches or anything, but even eight inches is a lot better than at the soil surface or two inches deep. And then the other thing is our dad was all disturbed because we were going to go out into one of his fields and dig a root pit. And he was just so worried or bothered by the fact that we were going to tear up some of his nice corn plants. And I said, Dad, here's 10 bucks. This will more than cover it. And he's like, what? And I go, well, at the time, corn was worth a penny a plant. 
Today, it's worth about three cents a plant, maybe four cents a plant if you got some really good plants. That's it. So even if you tear up a hundred and they're worth three cents, that's three dollars. So it's no big deal. You tear up a thousand, it's thirty dollars. My point is, you drive into the field a little ways. Don't be just right on the end rows. Drive into the field a little bit with a skid steer loader or whatever you need to dig that hole and just go do it. It's not going to cost much in terms of lost yield or anything. No big deal. But it is going to, in, like for us, it was something that literally changed our perspective on farming and agronomy because of the first root pit we dug. And we've done many since then. I wanted to tell a story, too. We had a chance in 2006 to travel over to the Ukraine. There were some Ukrainian farmers that uh, were at a field day, and I was talking about compaction and talking about rip pits and this type of thing, and they were very interested in that. We had a small uh, rip pit there at that particular site, and and they asked me at the end of the day, they said, man, would you ever come over to the Ukraine and, and show show this to us on our soils? And I said, oh, man, that'd be interesting to do sometime. Well, the next day I get a call from the person who had lined up that field day. And they're like, did you tell the Ukrainian guys you'd be willing to come do a field day? They're expecting you next month. And anyway, Brian and I ended up traveling to the Ukraine in October of 2006 to, to do a field day out in a field. And and it was very interesting because we talked to him about doing a root pit and the people that were were at that field day and were lining up that field weren't the same exact people that were were there that, that saw the pit that I had done for them. Uh, it actually was in North Dakota. And so they were saying, well, how do you dig this root pit? And I said, all right, we just use a, a skid loader. We go about four or five feet deep and it's about five feet, six feet wide, something like that. Maybe you make it 10 feet wide, whatever. How many people are you going to have? Oh, no, we're going to have a lot of people. And in the Ukraine, we do things big. And so sure enough, they dug uh, two entrances down into the root pit that were about five feet wide. And the root pit was about six feet deep and probably, I don't know, Brian, 50 feet long. It was crazy big. They, they wanted to get all the way across some, a variety of different tillage passes they made. And man, it was, it was actually probably the most fun root pit that, that we've ever been in, just that it was so big, it was so easy to get in and out of, and there's just so much to see. Yep, definitely interesting. But, you know, the thing that we learned and what we told people when we came back was in Ukraine, they have Iowa soils with South Dakota rainfall. And the point is you've got to, when you have lack of rainfall, you got to try to do everything you can to get good, get roots deep and have good soil health. If you want top yield, even if you have dry weather. We certainly don't need to dig a 50-foot-wide root pit like Brian and I got to experience. You may just need a shovel and just digging around a plant or two or just in between the road just to see where the roots are at. There's a lot of things you can learn by doing root digs out in your field. We're going to talk about some of those things today. We'll also be taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. 
Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at AgPhD we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an AgPhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. The Pentair Hypro Express Flush Valve reduces plug nozzles and improves cleanout of your spray boom. Simply flush boom sections with a quarter turn ball valve and leave your tools in the cab. Plus, insulation is easy. Simply remove the existing end cap plug and replace with the Hypro Express Flush Valve. Learn more at pentair.com slash hypro. Get an extra semi-load out of your grain bin. The end zone from Farm Shop MFG can increase your stored beans moisture from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's a free extra semi-load. Visit farmshopmfg.com for more. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about root pits and root digs on our show today. One of the things that Brian and I get a lot of feedback from with uh, Ag PhD and with our television program is hey, you guys talk about root pits a lot. You guys do a lot of digging out there. What are you looking for? What kind of things do you need to do to have a successful dig? Can I just pick any spot or how do I find the best spot to do this in? Those kinds of things. That's why I wanted to talk about it a little bit on today's program. Hopefully you enjoyed some of the stories we started the show off with from uh, just our dad as we were coming up and and uh, as we got to do a little traveling around the world and some of the things we've seen. But you don't have to travel around the world to see root pits. There's a lot of great field days out there. I know one one farmer that likes to have field days is Roger. He's out in Indiana talking about cover crops, looking at roots, looking at a lot of things going on. Roger, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, how do you how you doing, Darren? You know, doing quite well. Okay, you've got you got a lot of stuff going on between uh, installing drainage tile, cover crops, strip till. I mean, you got a lot of stuff. I wish I was a little closer to Indiana. I, I'd like to take the time to come and see what you got at your field day. But give me uh, give me the over the radio version so I can picture this in my mind. What do you see when you dig a root pit on your farm? Well. We've done a bunch. We even did a few last fall, some special studies and stuff on a new new rounded uh, pillage pillage uh, farm. But anyway, what we're after, we want to see, you know, we can chip in the sides. You can check on your compaction, see if you can find the compaction layer. See if the roots are working their way down. Check on wormholes. Follow them and watch the roots follow the wormholes down. But a lot of it, just see the depth of the roots, the mass of roots down there. Uh, we did, uh, NRCS had some soil scientists doing a bunch of studies last fall. We dug some pits down to five feet deep. And 
on my long-term fields, we had a lot of real nice annual ryegrass roots down there at that five feet and still going. Wow. So, and on a farm that did not have, that has not had cover crops ever that I just rented, we did the same thing and about nothing. I mean, there was no roots of any sort past about a foot. So we're really gaining uh, a lot of ground with these. But that's where these pits really help. Just chipping the sides. Check your layers. Look at the depth. I've gone from that six inches of topsoil now to probably a foot, which is why I keep telling people, I say, I can't afford to grow my horizontally it's just too expensive but i can grow it vertically and i'm taking off yields that uh nobody else can get off the type of soils i have so you know i mean it's but you got to start you got to know what's down there and that's where those pits really help you know, Roger, you mentioned a few things here already that kind of, I've got so many questions. I just look at all the practices that you've changed in the time that you've been farming and the, the different things you've adopted on your farm because you've seen what they're actually doing. And so often I talk to growers and they say, well, I tried strip till or I tried cover crops once. And I didn't like how it looked above ground. But when I asked, well, what, what's it look like? What's it look like down deep? Guys are like, I, I, I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, we dug in maybe six inches or something, but but nobody's doing that, Roger. Nobody's digging. I mean, not to a large scale, digging down five feet to see what these things are actually doing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the only way you can know what's happening is you got to look at it. Do, and, do a lot of the guys uh, that look in your root pits, do they say, man, I've never done this on my farm? Or do, or do you run into a lot of guys that are doing the same thing? Uh Quite a few haven't, but as they see it being done, and with the many years I've had the field days and dug, uh, a lot more of them are doing it now after they see it and see what they ought to be looking for. I'm finding it's being done a lot more. Yeah, I I would say that too. A lot of times when, when growers come and look at one of our pits too, they'll, they'll get inspired and say, you know, it really isn't as big a mess as I thought it was going to be. And it's my dad, one of my dad's worries was, Oh no, I'm going to fill that back in. And sure enough, the combine's going to find it and just fall into a big hole. And <laughs> that certainly wasn't the case for us, but he, and he, he was really worried about it costing so much to do. It really didn't take that much time other than trying to clean things up kind of nice to really show off the roots. Do you, do you use a pressure washer? Do you use a potato fork? Or what do you do to kind of clean things up and make the roots look nice? Mostly just either a little shovel or a knife. Uh, when you're out there, a spray bottle works pretty good, too. Just oh, that's a little true. bottle. Yep. Uh, can do a lot with that and then i'll take stuff in uh this spring i was just doing some shallow digs uh looking at my winter peas and my hairy vetch because i could tell there were a lot of nodules so i took those up to the barn and moist the roots and stuff and man the nodules we can get on there now so uh 
I'm hoping to get a bunch of nitrogen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, absolutely. You know, it's one of those one of those things yeah. where why do you guys plant some of those types of cover crops? Because they're sure hoping they're going to get some nutrients out of it. I know the guys when we were over in Europe, the guys were trying to do that intentionally because hey, we're limited on how much nitrogen we can apply, but I can put a cover crop out there that produces nitrogen, and all of a sudden I'm getting a big yield boost compared yeah. to my neighbors. Well, yeah. That's right, and we're heading that direction if guys aren't careful. So, yeah, yeah, that's for know, sure. Hey, how about your be ahead of the curve here? How about your tile business, Roger? Have you done anything with root pits just to show how deep the roots are right over a tile line? I had a friend down in Texas that put in tiles. The first guy in the area putting in tile, and everybody was critical about, oh, we're going to get too dry, and you're going to be sorry you did that. And I told him, I said, all right, just dig right over the tile line, and it was a dry year. And he said, my goodness, the roots are so much deeper over that tile line than they are in between. Have you noticed that too? Uh, I guess I've not really done a lot of digging to check that part. I mean, we just... Uh, I know they're out there growing. I guess I haven't specifically. <laughs> you're mostly watching out uh, so you don't cut through a tie line as you're digging them? Yeah. <laughs> and of the six holes we dug, one field had no tile. The other two, one field had a little dab and one had quite a bit. So actually of five holes we dug in these two fields that had tile, we got tile in four of them. <laughs> oh, no. I got really close once. I mean, I literally was running the skid loader, and I skimmed right along the side of one. I didn't damage it really at all. I mean, we thought it was totally fine. Oh, and, uh -huh. uh, yeah, I, the guys were like, man, how did you do that? How did you find exactly where that was? Uh, I didn't. I, I thought it was way away from it, yeah, and I was wrong. I, yeah. So, but uh, – but those are all things. I mean, if you don't dig and if you don't look and if you don't check, you don't have a clue what you're doing. So most of the guys that do the digging, the checking, stay with it when they see the benefit. Absolutely. So yeah, we're, we're... I just I can't emphasize enough, just get out there and do some digging. Yeah, I agree, Roger. And even if you don't end up digging a big hole, at least you start with a shovel and you start seeing, wow, there are some differences oh, yeah. here. And, hey, I'm at two feet with my shovel. I'm still finding roots. They're still going down. Like you mentioned, annual ryegrass with roots down five feet. Never would have thought that. So yeah. that's that's pretty impressive. We're yeah. talking with Roger. He farms in Indiana, does field days with root pits on his farm uh, to show off some of the different things that are going on with strip till, with cover crops and other things out in the field. Roger, thank you so much for doing what you do. Thanks yeah. for sharing what you do with, with your neighbors and your friends around you, and good luck here this summer. Okay. August 18th will be another field day out here, and we're going to be checking some things. Got some pretty good lineup of names coming, and uh, even a couple big names have begged to come out. So anybody and everybody's welcome out here August 18th. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Roger. Really appreciate having you on. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Weed control without the BS. That's more time to apply without wasting time. That's flexible tank mixing that doesn't bend the truth. That's near zero volatility with unmovable principles. With the Enlist weed control system, there is no sacrificing. Get better weed control with no ifs, ands, or buts. 
at Enlist.com. Enlist.com. AgroLiquid is precision crop nutrition. That means being committed to product performance, to research and field testing, and to superior agronomics. Most of all, AgroLiquid is committed to delivering precisely the right nutrition in the right way, including seed-safe planter plus side dress applications and foliar applications with low burn risk. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Your soil, your season, your edge. Make the new three-point Soil Warrior Edge from Environmental Tillage Systems your strip tillage system. Because you don't get to choose the condition of your soil, the Soil Warrior Edge is engineered to handle whatever's in your fields. And that same durable engineering goes the extra acre when that's what you have to do. The new Soil Warrior Edge three-point mounted strip-till system. Learn more at SoilWarrior.com. Do you need to replant soybeans due to cold temperatures, heavy rains, or another weather event? Weeds don't seem to care, and you have limited options for last-minute weed control. This is when you turn to Spitfire Herbicide from New Farm. Unlike other Phenoxy herbicides, Spitfire can be applied up to seven days before planting. Fields treated with the dual active power of Spitfire will benefit from weed control that will ease planting and help your beans establish a good stand. Spitfire from New Farm, here to help. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. If you're looking to get the most out of your foliar nutrition and fungicide programs, ask your ag retailer about Nutex EDA from Sipcam Agro. Nutex EDA has been proven to increase foliar micronutrient tissue levels and maintain those levels for an extended period of time. When tank mixed with fungicides, Nutex EDA helps support plant health, resulting in higher quality and yields. Nutex EDA is an affordable and effective solution that should be part of every grower's high yield toolbox. listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. We're talking about root pits and root digs on the farm, and I love this. I love getting out in the field. I don't mind getting a little dirty out there. I just want to figure out what's going on and what we can do to improve crop production. And so much of the story is what's happening below ground. Yet, oftentimes, we get caught up in what's happening above ground. And, oh, man, the leaves are rolling up on my corn. Yes, they are. But what's happening below ground? Let's see that root system. Let's see what's going on out there. And the best way to do that is do some digging. All right, let's head a little further east. We've got Dean Boss with us right now with Michigan State. Dean, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we just had a farmer on, Roger, down in Indiana, and he hosts a field day on his farm every year, and he digs root pits, and he just loves showing up what's happening, uh, showing off what's happening with his different tillage practices and cover crops and management and so forth. I think that's awesome. I wish everybody would do that. Uh, What do you see in terms of root pits and root digs going on in your state? Um, I don't see as much of it as I'd like to see. Um, Because I absolutely agree with your uh, 
previous statement that um, we've spent way too much of our time judging our crops by what's going on above ground. You know, we look across the landscape, how green they are, how quick they're growing and that type of thing. And we're just not paying enough attention to what's going on below ground. And that's really, below ground is the support system for what's above ground. And you need the potential in that system to deliver high yields um, as, you know, as much as you need a lot of other things that you're doing above ground. That's a very important part, and that could be the limiting factor in your production. If you don't look at it, you're not going to know. Absolutely. I know early season, too, we'll, we'll see a lot of growers looking for differences with seed treatments and infurrow treatments and so forth, and they're digging up 6-inch to 12-inch tall plants. And, and so often the comment we get is, man, the roots are so deep already. Do they always do this? And and I say, I don't know. Dig dig your next field. Dig next year. Yep. Tell me what you see. And it's interesting because a lot of times we've got root systems that are getting down to a, a deep band of fertilizer or or they're hitting a compacted layer before you know it. And yep. and we got big changes that we see out there. Yeah, you really you really have to get down deep to see some of the things that might be causing you causing you problems you know if nothing else you got to get a look at you know how deep is that topsoil how deep is that soil that's got the organic matter that provides all the activity that uh, can help your crop grow you know it particularly here in michigan we have a lot of sandier soils and that topsoil layer is not that is not that thick and um, that's what we need to increase and unless you know what you've got and that's what we've been losing over time. Let's be honest, you know, with with tillage and a lot of the practices, um, not growing cover crops and things like that. We've been we've been losing that topsoil layer. We've been losing aggregation. We've been losing that soil biology that that can deliver you those potential greater yields and cycle nutrients and all those those types of uh, advantages that you get from soil health. Yeah, and absolutely. You got to you got to get down there and look at it, you know. And what I tell people is, you know, don't dig a don't dig a root pit in the middle of your field. You got to have something to compare it to, you know. If you can dig it on the edge of the field where you could pick up maybe that fence row, take a look at what Mother Nature's side of the root pit looks like, and see how deep the topsoil is there, see how the root structure is, see the soil aggregation, see the, see the old root passages and the new roots. And uh, that will give you some idea of what potential you have in your soil to be able to develop towards using practices like no-till and cover crops and things like that. That should be your, that should be your target. And my guess is if you do that, you're going to find that you're a long ways off of, of what Mother Nature uh, delivers naturally. Yeah, I like the idea of looking at the fence row. I, that's something I can't say that I've dug a root pit right along the edge, but we've often encouraged growers to pull soil samples right on the other side of the fence where, all right, this is virgin yep. ground. It's never been tilled up. It's never been cropped. Let's see Let's see what that's like and what the soil test is. And a lot of times we see higher levels of organic matter and in many cases, higher levels of nutrients. And that, that is pretty alarming yep. that we're going backwards here. We're not going in the right direction. And, uh, you know, that's, I, I guess it brings up a good point because 
where I often encourage growers to dig a root pit is where you're making changes. And if you say, okay, I yep. switched to strip till a couple of years ago. Uh, how is it working for you? Well, everybody talks about yield and my brother is so guilty of this. He, he'll say, well, Darren, you know, we, we got 200 bushel the year before we switched, we got 200 bushel the year after. I don't know if it made a big difference. And I say, well, what's it look like below ground? Well, doesn't matter. It, what matters is the dollars and cents. No, no, no. I'm talking about long term. Let's let's look under underneath and see what we had. And that's we had Roger on earlier from Indiana. He switched to strip till, and and one of the reasons that he did is he saw uh, he called it tillage and pillage out in the field. <laughs> that he realized yeah. that his tillage was uh, destroying things, like you say. And uh, it, I think it's good to to get a report card of how's your farm doing? Well, let's let the soil tell us dig down there and see what it looks like. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that, that I like to point out is a, a lot of the stuff we're talking about. And I think you had a good example. Oh, 200 bushel last year, 200 bushel this year. How do we figure out when we've maximized what our soil has the potential to do? I don't think anybody wants, to hit a point where they can't grow their yields. And yields have been grown due to better genetics, better chemistry, better fertilizers, all those types of things have allowed us to grow yields year after year while our soil has been going downhill, has been degrading. What happens when you hit the point where it's dead even, and even though there is better genetics, better chemistry out there, your field can't deliver higher yields because your soil just can't do it for you. And I challenge farmers to think it, that might not, you might not be there today, but if you hit that point in the future, you're not going to recover from it easily. It, no. takes, it takes years to build soil organic matter. It's a slow process. So if you think you're going to hit that at some point in the future, you need to be doing something now so that you don't, top out that you can continue to, to build the potential of your soil to take advantage of the great innovations in agriculture that can deliver higher yields if you have the soil to support it. And again, a root pit is another way to look at, you know, what have I got down there? Where, if, am I going, how quickly am I going downhill? And uh, do I need to stop this and turn it around? So it's, it's an excellent, excellent tool for that. And if nothing else, when you're walking out to the field, you should at least be bringing a shovel with you. Yeah, yeah. You know, every take time. that shovel and cut, yep, cut a cut a core of soil out and pick it up out of the hole and set it and walk over to the fence row and cut that same size core out and set those two things side by side. Feel them, smell them, look at them. What's the color difference? Do they smell different? Does the fence row smell much richer? You know, does it have more of that that soil smell? Um, it doesn't take a lot of fancy testing to start judging your, your soil health. Um, are there earthworms? You know, all that type of stuff is, doesn't cost you a dime to look for. No, but and you, you just walk out dig, to your field you have to and dig, do <laughs> You have to dig up some soil to do it, though. So, <laughs> yes, yes. You know, dig, dig it up and look at it. I, that's one of the things in the NRCS soil health uh, information. I always like their little slogan of dig a little and learn a lot. And yeah. I think that's true. You, you can dig a little and you can learn a lot about what's going on below ground. 
Yeah, I think that's a that's great words of advice. Dig a little, learn a lot. And I, I the other thing I think about that is it doesn't cost you anything, but also you don't have to have any embarrassment either. You can go out there by yourself. You can do some digging yeah. and you can see what you learn. And of course, if you have questions, then lots of resources around to, to ask for some help and some ideas. We're talking with Dean Boss here with Michigan State University. Lots of ideas there. Dean, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today and, and love to have you back again sometime. Okay, thank you. I appreciate you inviting me and uh, look forward to next time. You bet. We're talking about root pits and root digs on Ag PhD Radio. Stay tuned. If you've ever wondered how the Farmall got its name, here's an abbreviated list of the jobs the Case IH Farmall can do. Baling, cutting hay, feeding, hauling, loading, pulling, raking, cleaning barn, mixing feed, fertilizing, mowing, chopping, seeding, clearing, irrigating, furrowing, cultivating, hitching, digging, emergency tow, harrowing, hoisting, leading parades, excavating, grading. <sighs> Let's make it simple. This tractor does it all. So no matter what you're doing, can do comes in red. Farmall. Learn more at caseih.com farmall. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at AgPhD, we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an AgPhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. Revitech fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide, brand new chemistry, three no excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide from BASF, that's smart. Always read and follow label directions. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. In an uncertain market, you need to maximize the quality and profitability of your stored grains by controlling profit-robbing insects. A tank mix of Daikon IGR and Sentinel EC insecticide, or Daikon IGR Plus, offers the long-term control of an insect growth regulator and the knockdown power of a broad-spectrum insecticide. Keep your grain clean with grain protectants from Central Life Sciences. To learn more, contact your local dealer or visit bugfreegrains.com. When it comes to crop disease, the longer you wait, the more damage you do. Stop the clock on crop disease with DuPont Approach Prima Fungicide from Corteva AgriScience. Approach Prima Fungicide quickly surrounds the surface of the plant for rapid absorption, then moves throughout the plant, providing full protection of each leaf and stem, even those that have yet to emerge. Uptake occurs on day one for healthier corn, soybean, or wheat crop that can deliver higher yield potential and increased revenue per acre. For more information, visit approachprima.corteva.us or your local crop protection retailer. Always read and follow label directions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about root pits and root digs. So far, 
have only talked to one farmer today who's doing root pits on his farm. Would love to hear from you. If you're doing root pits or root digs on your farm, either it's on a regular basis or you're doing one for the first time, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear what you're seeing out there and any tips you'd have or encouragement you'd have for other farmers to do the same thing. I've got our friend Ron Meyer on right now with Colorado State University. Ron, thanks for joining us. Hey, good afternoon. Good to be with you. All right, so what does a root pit look like in Colorado? Is it all rock underneath, or is it soil that goes pretty deep? We we actually have deeper soils on the eastern side of the state, so they're, they're both wind and water deposited and uh, silt loam soils for the most part. So we don't have rocks out here uh, as we go further west uh, and get into the Front Range, so the Denver area, and farther west, then we find lots of rocks over there. But out here, it's uh, flat and uh, silt loam type soils, no rocks, and so and we grow a lot of corn too. Corn's an important crop for us. All right. So as you're as you're digging in fields, what are some of the things uh, for farmers who have never been around that before? What are some of the comments you hear from farmers, and and what are some of the things that you expect to see? Yeah, so we do lots of root digs out here because corn rootworm is is a major pest for us, and um, it, not so much on irrigated ground or excuse me, dryland ground, but mostly on irrigated ground. We have a lot of irrigated corn, and a lot of that irrigated corn is corn on corn every year. So that just makes a great uh, situation for pests, and rootworm is one of those pests that uh, we deal with every year in, in many fields. So what we what we do for the most part, the easiest way I tell farmers is take a tiling spade out there. So that's a, like a 12 inch narrow shovel, and um, and then you can just go out there and and dig roots and dig them up whole. And so you get underneath that root, that corn plant and uh, lift them up, get them out of out of the ground. And if it's wet, there's going to be a lot of soil around there. So we keep a five gallon bucket of water with us and. Uh, dip that root ball into the water and uh, we'll dig multiple root balls, put them in the water. And lots of times, if you've got heavy populations of rootworm, they'll float to the surface and you can find them that way. So that makes a a real easy trap uh, for rootworms. And um, there are other times when uh, later in the season, you know, they've done some damage in feeding and um, sometimes they don't always float to the surface. And so later in the season, we'll actually dig root balls up and then wash them. So we'll put them in that five gallon pail and uh, slosh them around good, get the dirt ball off and then take a look for damage. And so uh, that's another way later in the season. But earlier in the season, this time of the year, a good way to just take a five gallon pail of water with you, dig up some root balls, put them in the water, and uh, those rootworms will float to the surface. We've been doing the same thing, Ron, in our soybean fields with volunteer corn plants because I've been talking to farmers, and we've been talking about it on the show now for a number of years, just that volunteer corn is such a great host for corn rootworms, and it lets even the guys in the rotated acre where it's, oh, I'm doing corn this year, then I'm doing soybeans, then I'm going back to corn. Well, it gives that rootworm a chance to beat your rotation. And so we're doing the same thing, digging up those roots, putting them in a five-gallon a pail of water watching those little guys float to the surface and right now here's how we time things out maybe it's a little different where you're at but it takes it seems to take about as much heat 
to get the fireflies out at night as it does to get the rootworm hatch. And so we've been oh, seeing yeah. fireflies now for about a week. And so I think we're we're well into the rootworm hatch. So growers are starting to see things. I know I just had an agronomist send me a picture today just to confirm, is this is this rootworm larvae that's out here? I even had uh, a grower say, hey, I've got some what I think are cutworms here in my soybean field. Well, it may not be a cutworm. It may not be a bean leaf beetle larvae. It might be a corn rootworm larvae. We need to, to see what's going on depending on where you dug it up. So it's kind of fun, kind of fun for me just to, to see, all right, what season are we in and what are we digging up now? Yeah, that's so true. Mother Nature will give us some indicators about when that hatch is occurring. And we're so far west and dry, we just don't have fireflies. We have to get uh, east of us about 70 miles before we start seeing them. But out here uh, in the dry west, when we see cottonwood trees start to shed cotton, that's an indicator that the rootworms are hatching. And so... Um, and another one is uh, we've got a weed out here. When it starts to flower, uh, it's called soapweed. When it starts to flower, that's another indicator that the rootworms are hatching. So we do the same thing with uh, with nature, and uh, we're watching for cues. And of course, in research plots, we're digging anyway. But uh, for the most part, that uh, you know, the natural natural cues have lined up with the hatch. What do you see in in some of these fields now when you get uh, different crops into the mix? Or, or, you, or do you have some growers that are doing cover crop with small grain and, and some of the different things that get raised there? Do you, are you looking for different things with these rip pits? Are you going deep ever? Uh, so we have gone deep. We've had some pits we've gone as deep as five feet, and we can find roots uh, five feet down below the soil surface. We don't find rootworms that deep. They're a shallower insect and so for the most part we'll find rootworms in the top foot and um, so we don't find uh, much insect pressure deep at all when we dig a five foot pit we're we're checking soil compaction issues and things like that so um, but yeah that's uh, you know that's important the most important piece to that is to you know dig some corn roots up and see what the activity level is and then the other piece you had mentioned uh, volunteer corn in alternative crops so we raise a lot of weed out here and you know they're both grass crops and so we have sometimes have a little trouble with volunteer corn coming up in wheat as well and um, what happens with the volunteer corn is the genetics segregate out so 25 percent of that volunteer corn will have no uh, genes for insect resistance um, and it's just the way that it segregates out and then the other 50% is hit and miss so some plants will have the gene for rootworms some will not well that's about 75% of the volunteer plants that may or may not contain the the cutworm gene so that's important volunteer plants don't uh, for the most part don't carry over protection and uh, as a result of that those rootworms will feed on those all summer and um, you know and then you've got egg laying the next for the next season yeah you don't want to have multi-year problems like that because then the problem just gets worse and worse and worse that's for sure talking with ron meyer with colorado state university so ron uh, talk to us about this growing season what are you seeing out there this year are you guys uh, doing pretty well with crops right now are they struggling how's it going you know, we've been blessed. Uh, we were dry all the way up until March of this year, and then it started raining, and uh, we we have wonderful moisture right now. So the rains we caught from uh, the, about the middle of March on to about two weeks ago 
it was it was enough to take us out of the drought. We were actually in a d- pretty serious uh, drought situation here, but uh, that we've recovered since, and so uh, we've got this wonderful corn crop on the way, both dryland and irrigated. In fact, we've just fired up the irrigation systems on corn uh, because we've got uh, subsoil moisture. Uh, stored and uh, so we're in real good shape right now. Now that could change in a couple of weeks if we stay in the 100 degree uh, without any moisture then then we get dry pretty fast but right now we've got an excellent crop and that is all across eastern Colorado. Outstanding yeah that's that's really good I'm glad to hear I'm taking a lot of hope from this that you guys were super dry and you can come out of it and we're in the super dry situation now and I know Brandon and I were talking yesterday man what we wouldn't give for a two or three inch soaker right now to really turn things around. Yeah, you just, it's hard to be patient when, and you're right, uh, starting about middle of last summer, it just stopped raining out here in eastern Colorado, and we had trouble getting wheat stands established. It was that dry, but uh, uh, all of a sudden, it just turned around for us, and uh, within a month, we went from pretty serious drought conditions to no drought, and so it can turn around quickly. Yeah, that's that's. Good. I really appreciate that. And I, I love the talk about looking for corn rootworm and just some great tips on how to get it done. We're talking with Ron Meyer here with Colorado State. Ron, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Look forward to talking to you again down the road. Real good. Good talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, great tips there. I, I thought that was awesome. Uh, we're going to talk more about some of the positive things that you can learn from doing root pits or root digs on your farm and also dig into the Ag PhD mailbag. It's all coming up next. Maintaining your crops is as important now as it's ever been. Howler, a revolutionary fungicide from AgBiome, can help. It provides long-lasting protection from a broad spectrum of foliar and soil diseases that affect crops. Howler is OMRI listed, has multiple modes of action, and has minimal pre-harvest and re-entry intervals. It's flexible, easy to use, and is available right now. Visit agbiome.com forward slash Howler to learn more. Help keep the toughest, most resistant diseases out of your fields with Lucinto fungicide from FMC. An exclusive novel premix of two modes of action delivers broad-spectrum control and a long-lasting protective residual. Tackle key diseases in corn, soybeans, wheat, peanuts, and sugar beets. Choose Lucinto fungicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or lucinto.ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions for use. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at AgPhD we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an AgPhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. Morton Buildings knows that great buildings need great people, and we want you to be the newest member of our team. Morton is expanding its construction crew, and we're seeking new and experienced candidates to fill our crew member positions. Morton provides great pay and training, so be a part of the next generation to build Morton. Don't let the opportunity to join the best construction crew in the business pass you by. 
Learn more on our careers page at mortonbuildings.com. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. No matter what time of the year it is on your farm, with the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cashback rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards. And that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit MyBayerPlus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full details. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today. And I, I was going to throw one last story at you as we talk about root pits and root digs today. And and uh, I think it was Dean Boss with Michigan State that talked about generational differences and how long it takes to, to uh, improve some of these things. Like he talked about building organic matter to a significant degree that it takes a little bit of time and all that. And so often when we talk about something that takes 20 or 30 years, it discourages people thinking, well, I, I can't make a difference now. I'll worry about some other stuff. But by making all those little decisions along the way, it does make a big impact in the long term. And before you know it, Brian and I were talking about our first rip pit and it it seems like it's been a little while ago, but when I really start thinking about it, it's like, man, it's been like 25 years ago at least here, and that that's a long time. Well, one other thing that, that was quite a while back now is right around 2000, so 20 years ago, and uh, our grandpa who farmed here before our dad did uh, was back to look at some rip pits with us. We were having a field day, and, and we had some rip pits dug on two pieces of ground that he had farmed, and one was up the hill, the other was down the hill. And we went to the one that's up the hill, and, and my grandpa at that time was was around 90 years old, and he's walking with me looking at things. And we get to the uphill one, and there's maybe six inches of topsoil. And then we get to the one that was down the hill a ways, and there's probably 24 inches of topsoil. And I remember seeing a tear coming out of Grandpa's eye, and I thought, oh, no. I I worked him too hard. It was just too much walking, and uh, I should have known better. I should have gotten a four-wheeler or something and, and gotten him around here or a golf cart. I guess a golf cart probably wouldn't have worked the greatest there, but but something to, to move him around so he didn't have to do all that walking. And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm fine. The walking's no problem. He goes, I'm just really sad because – my farming practices led to this. He said, I was doing full-scale tillage on the top of that hill, and I can see that the topsoil washed down the hill, and now you guys are stuck dealing with this issue. And and uh, we had done some strip tillage in that field, and we were, we were showing off what the roots look like and so forth and how they were finding um, – 
as we broke through compaction layers and that kind of thing. And, and anyway, I just thought that was interesting. And, and of course in those days they didn't have all the equipment choices that we have today. So they had to do things a little bit different. They didn't have all the herbicides and everything else, but yes, the things that you do will have an impact on future generations. So just important to do a little bit of digging out on your farm and see what your practices are really doing and what kind of condition they're leaving those fields in. All right, Brian, we got a few mailbag questions that came in. You ready for this? Well, before you get to that, I was just going to say kind of what you finished up on there. Back in the old days, they didn't have a lot of choice but to do the full-scale tillage or not farm the ground because they didn't have anything they could plant into that. They didn't have the herbicides, insecticides, fungicides, all the stuff you need when you start no-tilling or doing just reduced tillage in general. But the thing is, today, we do have all that stuff. So if you want to make a change on your farm, you can. I would also say that there are a lot of things that you have to be thinking about the long term. The long term gets here fast. And, you know, I I can't believe we've already been farming our ground for 30 years and been full-time agronomist for 30 years. It's like, whoa, where did that time go? But I'm so unbelievably thankful that we started building up our soil with fertility, that we took care of tiling. We did some better things to try to increase organic matter and just overall soil life. And, and we've just seen our yields go up, up, up. It's been really, really good. But sometimes you have to invest for the future and it's going to hurt a little bit in the short term. Even last fall, we spent on average on our entire farm $300 an acre on fertility. Think about that. I mean, how many years worth of fertilizer is that? It's a lot. And I'm talking, you know, we did everything. We got literally every level built way up to where it needed to be, micronutrients, macronutrients, everything other than nitrogen. And I'm so unbelievably thankful that we did that because, yeah, we had good fertility. Now we have great fertility. And we got it done at the lowest price for fertilizer in 10 years. And now most of the fertilizer prices are double. So, you know, when you see some bargains, if you have some dollars to invest, that's kind of the way I looked at it. I just said, interest rates are crazy cheap. Uh, we have some dollars to invest. The crop that we just harvested is pretty good, and the price is hopefully going up, which it did. And so we've spent the money, and I, it, it's, it's going to be great. And all the tile work that we've done over the years. Uh, so it, it just and, – and now it'll take a little bit of time for things to be really great, but you got to make some investments for the future. And sometimes your investment is just time. You know, doing these root pits and and learning more and trying to figure out, okay, what can I do to make my farm better? It starts with time, and then from there you have to make a, a wise decision or the wisest decisions on, all right, what should I invest in first and then next and then next and go from there? And like we talk about often on the show, you know, because we farmed as long as we have and, and built up some equity and everything else, now when we pick up one new piece of ground, let's just say, well, we farm 3,200 crop acres, so to pick up a 40 or an 80, it's it, you know it's small. Well, we can spend all the money. We can do everything all in one shot: the tiling, get all the fertility built up, everything. You know, I've often said to people, who cares if I spend another 500 or even a thousand dollars an acre? Ground's worth 10 grand, and we're going to farm it hopefully for you know the next generation or two. So I invested some money in my ground. I mean, worst case scenario, it's going to sell for more when I sell it if I can prove that I've got better yields there. So anyway, all important stuff. 
All right. I'm ready for mailbag. <laughs> okay. I was thinking he's going to just talk all the way through the show here, but okay. Oh, I'm I, could have. I know. I know. I got you. All right. So I uh, got this one from Ryan and he said, you guys are talking about spraying volunteer corn and spraying it on the first pass as we go through the field, about to make our first pass here. We're using Liberty and enlist one, and we're going to mix fusillate in there. Normally, six-ounce rate, how much do you go up to? Do you go up to eight or nine, or what do you think? Yeah, I'm probably going eight, and I'm going to throw a little crop oil in with it, too. It, it, I will say we've seen more problems killing volunteer corn this year than almost ever before. Even back in 2012, we were still doing pretty good killing volunteer corn if you threw crop oil in. But back in 2012, we didn't have Enlist or Extend Beans. Both Dicamba and 2,4-D are very antagonistic to Fusillade, Clethodim, and every other volunteer corn herbicide. So if that volunteer corn is small, yeah, 8 ounces is probably going to be fine. But I talked to one agronomist yesterday who said he's got his guys going to 10, 10 ounces of Fusillade. Wow. Okay. Uh, yep. Got this one here from Brian and from Dan, and both talking about side dressing and adding nitrogen to corn. Brian said, what if you're going to surface apply N, and now the roots are all below that N, would you be putting on some foliar N now? And Dan said, uh, I like I like Brian's question, just wondering uh, what, we, what you'd use to try to stabilize any of that nitrogen and prevent denitrification too. Okay. So first of all, I'm not stabilizing any nitrogen at this time of year. I'm going to put it on right before rain, and then I'm, I'm going to be done. So that's what I would do. If you don't get rain, then there's, there's no point in throwing a whole bunch on over the top or anywhere else, in my opinion. If you want to do a little bit foliar, a light rate foliar or something, you certainly can. We've used some liquid urea before, but there are plenty of other products out there that, that, that are okay doing foliar it's just you can't put on big rates so that's that's the only issue i've got with that so you, you want to do a little bit of that fine if you're trying to get a, a, a lot of rate on there you want 30 50 80 more pounds it, unless you get moisture it's not going to do you any good so i'd save the money until it looks like i'm going to get rain for sure and then i would put the nitrogen on but if you say all right well i i just want to take my chances and i I really want to put it out, but I don't have rain forecast for the next week. That's where the stabilizer would pay. I, I, let me let me throw one last thing in. As we've done pre-side nitrate tests this year, we found 50 to 150 more pounds of nitrogen in our soils than we expected to find. I believe that's because we had a long, late, dry, hot fall and same thing this spring the frost came out of the ground a whole month earlier than normal this spring so i just think we have a lot more mineralization and and we released a whole bunch more nitrogen than we normally would out of the soil so we don't we don't even need any on our farm uh for even a big time yield goal all right, thanks for the questions, guys. Really appreciate that. And I just want to take this opportunity to invite you to the Ag PhD Young Farmers Field Day. It's coming up this Saturday, June 26th, right on our farm. You can find all the details and pre-register at agphd.com. If you're heading into college or you're already a college student, we're giving away $20,000 in scholarships as well. So another, another uh, reason to attend the field day. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.